Welcome to On the Line, a podcast for tennis players, coaches, and fans. I'm your host, Jenny Robb. Today on the line, we have a double feature. We have Tim Bainton from Blue Chip Sports Management and Sarah Stone, founder of the Women's Tennis Coaching Association. Thank you both so much for being on the show today. Hey, Jenny, we appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Jenny. Thank you. And y'all are and y'all are currently uh, there at the City Open, right? Uh, we are, yeah. It's... Um, uh, our company is not this year, but this is obviously my neck of the woods. So um, yep. I'm a I'm an adopted DC native and have been involved <laughs> with the event. And was actually going to take a week off, but Sarah's here with her team, and uh, we've been doing some stuff together. So uh, sort of let me tag along. So it's uh, it's it's good to be back. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. So so Sarah, um, I I booked my flight to New York yesterday. <laughs> Great work, <laughs> and so this will be the second year, right, for your WTCA conference. Yeah, it's the second year, so we're really excited to be back in the same place again, the New York Marriott, and got some great speakers. Obviously, Tim would be the greatest speaker that we have in the lineup. <laughs> but aside from Tim, we have just behind him five Grand Slam champions. Wow. And we have three Hall of Famers. We have three Grand Slam winning coaches. It's just a really terrific lineup. Uh, coaches wow. of all different levels working with participation, uh, all areas of tennis, high performance. It's not only high performance. Obviously, there's a focus on strength development for all, all level of female players. So we're really excited with who's coming to share their knowledge. Well, I, I know how much um, goes into putting on an event like this and getting getting the, you know, the greatest minds in the industry there all at the same time. Um, you know, it's 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 great that you, you've got the U.S. Open there happening as well. So that that's that's kind of fun. Um, so tell us a little bit about like how uh, the WTCA came to be. So I was spending some time with one of my best friends who's working for Tennis Australia in their high performance area. And we just figured that there was really a lack of education about how to work well with female players. So we're all involved in social media these days, whether or not we like it or admit that we are. <laughs> so we both noticed that the majority of the feed was about men's tennis. And it's the mm -hmm. same thing that goes into sports writing or you know reporting. Mm -hmm. Such a low percentage of reporting is about women's sports. So we wanted to start with just promoting different drills, getting some tips out there on how coaches can uh, enhance their knowledge working with female players. And it started from there and we thought it would be a great idea to form a nonprofit because it, a nonprofit really is community-based and, and that's what we really pride ourselves on at the WTCA, that it's a, a very inclusive environment where everybody feels proud to be part of the brand and, and it's not mine and it's not Tim's and it's not anybody else's. It's for all of us to, to feel like we're part of a community. So yeah, that's basically why we started it. Well, I love, I love that word inclusive and I love the word community. Um, you know, so we certainly don't want men to feel excluded, but it certainly is something that is so needed. And, and I'm so glad that you've put this together as, as a female and as a coach and, somebody that's been in the industry for a while myself, I, I just, am, am, uh, I'm a cheerleader for you and, and for this organization. So thank you for, for all that you're, you're doing. Um, and, and I love that you just, you know, I, I think there is, um, a need right now to keep female girls playing in the sport and a need to, 
uh, inspire them to to want to. Not everybody's going to go pro. Maybe they play in college. Maybe not. But but maybe that's our next generation of of coaches. And so if if we can continue to bring those female coaching numbers up, um, you know, it will certainly uh, be be part of something that you've worked towards. So thank you. <laughs> well, I think that that's something that uh, I'm working on with Tim specifically is the financial impact it has on coaches when girls drop out of playing. So it's part of the education is we're trying to solve this riddle across the industry that everybody's been looking at for the last 30 years. Why do the numbers in the girl side, they decline so rapidly, say starting from 12 years old. Mm -hmm. So that's so detrimental to everybody's business. So it makes sense that everybody who's involved in tennis should want to further their education on how to retain female clients. It's And that's, if we're looking at the industry as a whole, we want to make it the best industry that we can. And I personally think that tennis should be a much more powerful industry. But if people are dropping out so much, particularly on the girls' side, there must be something that that we're, uh, we can improve on. So I'll let Tim talk a little bit more about that side because he's, he's the businessman, but <laughs> jump in there, Tim. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I sort of have to backtrack about, <clears throat> excuse me, what brought me to um, being involved and in, um, with this organization in the first place. And I've made no, um, I'm, I've not hidden it on social media or publicly or whatever. I, I th- I'm a big believer in competition, number one. So, um, and, and I need to make it very clear because it's not to, it's in no way to be detrimental to USTA, PTR, USPTA. Sarah and I will both agree that they're organizations that have supported stuff that we've done individually mm-hmm. at, point, at different points and that we've got a lot of friends and colleagues and research from. And, but the thing is, is that there clearly is a need for something different. And Sarah's organization obviously uh, like well, like the PTR actually. In fairness, you know, there's a, there's a global presence which is really important. And then I look at it as well. Like I, I did a presentation with my sister in France just about, you know, how how much of a, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm married. I'm close to my mom. I have a sister who I love dearly. I think Sarah's awesome. Like we, you know, just her energy and her passion. And 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 I've been and I've spoken at many conferences where I've sat there, and sort of the first standing joke out of my mouth is where are the women. And, and, and that's, yeah. that's not to be, but unfortunately, that's not to be laughed at because no, the, 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 well, the trickle down effect is, is exactly what Sarah just mentioned, is that when you start losing players early on, um, you know, it, it, you can pull up a USTA regional draw. I, I, I admit that at the national level and at the Grand Slam level, uh, and uh, obviously there is parity. There are 128 players in the men's and women's draw at Wimbledon, for example, and equal prize money now. I don't know if it's comprehensively across the board, but I, my understanding it's, is it's, it's, it's getting better. It's right? getting better. At the slams it is and, and the major tournaments, yeah. But the problem is, is that everything leads to that that point. And then, you know, is, is, is if the trickle-down effect is that if we are not cultivating environments where, um, well, I mean, ultimately all kids can play tennis. Let's, let's start there. But if there's a drop-off in, in female participation, which I have no issue putting myself and our company out there and saying that we've recognized this. This is kind of why it's sort of become um, at the forefront of something that Sarah and I have been working on. It's really then explaining, you know, what are these implications for um, not just the next generation of female coaches, but of high-level female players and better competition maybe on that side. Um, I mean, I always think to myself when I look at NCAA tennis in the United States, I've had a couple of girls that have come to me 
at 16, 17 years of age and have been nothing more than a, a recreational player. But they've gone on and gone on to play like Division One college. One, one played at Monmouth, played the mm. fifth spot purely because there was scholarships still available. Wow. Um, and this, this girl was a 3-5 at best. Now, wow. that, that doesn't happen on the men's side. And, and, and I saw an article just the other day about the amount of female scholarships that are still available annually for everything from NCAA, NCAA all the way down to NAIA. So it's like all of this, it, it, it all builds into the same infrastructure. But somewhere, especially initially when you onboard, um, I think we've got to do a better job onboarding kids, period, because we lose too many kids early on. Yes. But it, if you look at it as well, it's like, you know, the population is 50-50, give or take. And if you're not getting 50-50 participation through the, the 12s, the 13s, the 14s, the 15s, the 16s, 17s, 18s, and, and into college, and all the way down through not just the highest level, the national events, because with all due respect, that's irrelevant to keeping clubs and coaches happy and financially viable to grow the game. Mm-hmm. You need to have it much more on the regional, local level as well. And that doesn't exist. So that's, that's an issue that, um, you know, we're addressing, and my job really is to um, sort of really blueprint the solution and use um, use Sarah's um, organization as a sort of as a, as, a, as a way to debut that and to get the message out. So that'll be what, what I'm speaking at uh, at the um, at the conference in New York, and uh, it's 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 just a new uh, you know for myself always trying to learn and get better. So you know my ears are always open. So. Um, you know, I urge more people to do that. It's, it's, um, you know, I, 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 I've begun to see it from all sides. So I think they're doing some great work and they, you know, they've got unbelievable energy. And the one thing I think that really stands the WTCA out is there's an originality to it, but there's also a freshness. You know, they're not, they're not, they're not, they haven't been around since the dawn of time and they're not sort of too stuck in their ways. And if that offends a few people, then so be it. But <laughs> our, our, our sport needs that innovation. Our sport needs that that um you know like we say in england that bulldog spirit a little you know. bit of edge yeah and, and 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 it's not and it's not to not and it's not to not want to work with it. i mean sarah said the mission is to is to promote female opportunities but she'll also be the first to tell you this is about growing tennis first and foremost it's, it's about growing the growing the parity of the sport across the board growing the opportunities across the board and that's something that um you know i've come to really learn and respect and also, her conferences are the best I've been to. Not, yeah. I'm not afraid to say it. They are, they are curated with speakers from all around the world um, that, that, are, that are friends and supporters of the organization, which is a unique, uh, a unique angle that she's able to bring to it and her team. And, and, but they're also willing to, you know, let people like me show up just because there's a different idea. And what I like about it, though, is Sarah will, Sarah will hold me to the fire if it doesn't get well received. But that's kind of what, you know, what conferences need. You need that fresh, fresh yes. approach, fresh content, fresh energy. Um, so that also the people paying are like, you know, wow, I want to be a part of this. Yeah, for sure. And we have this year, Jenny, before I sign off and I have mm-hmm. to go and do some work with Kroonich. Sure. Uh, I, I made note in social media of a conference that was going on inside the United States and on the agenda, I saw 13 male coaches and I saw zero female coaches. And that, <laughs> that was really disappointing to me, mm-hmm. considering that it's quite well known that we're trying to drive the equality in the sport. And our, it's not just about 
females, our organisation, of course, we're, we're, we are for male and female coaches, anyone working with female players. But we have about 21 female speakers at this event. So if any of the organisations or any of the conference committees out there think that it's a struggle to find female speakers, if we can come up with 21, and I've had more people ask me, then just give hit us up on Facebook. It's pretty easy to contact people these days, and we will definitely sort out the female speakers in your lineup. But I have to depart. Always love talking to you, Jenny. Thanks for having Always me. Always love talking to you too. And yeah, I'll, I look forward to seeing you. Him. Yeah, All thank right. you. Thank you, thank Bye. you. Bye. <laughs> uh, Sarah's fantastic. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> So, so that's a that's a good segue, Tim, into um, our our upcoming Alabama workshop, which will take place uh, actually just before uh, we all depart for New York. But um, and I'm pretty excited to say that uh, you know there's actually uh, four women and two men speaking at at our Alabama workshop. <laughs> just it, 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 you know you know what, Jenny? Just it, the reality is, I always have to question myself because I'm obviously a man, and I'm like. It just makes sense. I mean, like, you know, you go to school, you have 50-50, give or take. You know, you've you got a global sport that's recognized equally on both sides. The educational component behind that should also reflect that. I mean, it, it's it's uh, just, just for fresh voices and perspective, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, you know, it's I'm, – I'm happy to see it. And, uh, you know, I just uh, – you know, the thing that I like uh, about what Sarah is doing is that she's, you know, she's questioning the status quo. In my opinion, she's doing it in a very, um, very respectful, but very passionate and driven way. Yes. And, and that and that is what our industry desperately needs. Yes, that's um, very well said. Yes. So, you know, I, um, you know, I've, I've been I've been supportive. And, and you know what? Also, you know, look, as coaches and and as speakers or just people in the industry we all have an agenda and i'm also you know what I'm extremely grateful that she's taken a chance on some of the stuff that i want to talk about so mm -hmm. you know it, it's and and but i think that's important i think that both the people delivering the content and the organizations there's got to be a mutual respect there and making sure that you push each other to be better so Yes, that's what we should all be doing. Absolutely. So that brings us to your presentation uh, that you are coming to <laughs> Alabama. And it, you are speaking on the six steps to entrepreneurial success for tennis coaches. That is a very intriguing title. Well, thank you. Um, I, uh, I did it. Uh, this was a new presentation that I did at the uh, Wimbledon PTR conference that uh, Andy Dowsett puts on. And Sarah was there, uh, Dr. Ann Pankhurst was there, and Andy as well did a presentation. And for me, yeah. for me, it was a pleasure because I grew up about 10 minutes from there. So I got to see mum and dad and my sister and stuff, which I don't get to see all the time, nice. being, being, ba being based here in D.C. But mm -hmm. it's, um, you know, for those who may be listening who are a little unfamiliar to my angle is, is you know, I'm, I'm a coach just like anybody else. I just got back from 12's Play Course Nationals. I teach one of the top 12-year-olds in the country. Um, but what I did was, was, you know, there was another part of me that really tried to focus on some of the intangible stuff to make, selfishly, my own life, my, my family's life, my people who work for me's lives better through building, basically building a business, building an enterprise within the tennis and health club world that, that would be sustainable. And, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be at a point where 
you know, it's my message is constantly uh, getting better because I'm constantly challenging myself and my staff first and foremost. But I'm really trying to share that message because I think there is a definitive need. And, um, you know, I was very grateful. I did this presentation there and it was it was well received. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to come to Alabama. Obviously, this is uh, I was last there for the Davis Cup tie, which correct me if I'm wrong, was probably about two years ago now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think that's right. So, last last February, uh, and then we, it was also there in '09. But yeah, oh, so last, last February, February. Yeah, yeah. just just shows you how well shows you how well I'm paying attention to dates. Nah, well, um, I don't even know what date it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, you know, so so the process is, is just really a reflection of things that you know through building Blue Chip and building a multi million dollar company within the tennis industry. Um, you know that that are things that we do on a day-to-day basis to make um, our lives in the tennis industry sustainable, successful uh, for our ownership, our investors, but most importantly, our pros and the pro development and their career path. So just to highlight, we're really going to touch on six main points. Uh, number one is branding. How are you standing out? Mm. You know, there's so many, there's so many com- competing uh, entities, sports, video games, whatever it may be that are trying to take people's attention and money, yes. you know, mm-hmm. so how are you going to stand out? How's our sport going to stand out? Uh, secondly is networking. How, how will you find new customers and partners and people to work with and invest in you? Mm-hmm. The third is it always takes people a little bit by surprise, but it's, it's about mentoring. You know, how, how are you going to give back in order to get ahead? And, and, yes. and understanding that, uh, I think that's something that, you know, once, once I kind of figured out some of those nuances, really uh, became really eye-opening for me. The fourth one is one that, you know, is, is typically a hard sell, but once people kind of understand it, is, is the, the data analytics part, you know, and, and, and it's really about why, why do we do anything that we do? Where, where is the information behind it? Where is the data? The, the, the one typical opening question I pose to an audience of coaches is, can anyone actually tell me in the room why we teach a one-hour tennis lesson? Can Edward <laughs> private lesson? Can anyone give me any significant data to support why we do that? And the answer is no, nobody can. And, and here's the omission. I don't have it either, but someone like myself is really, I'm, I'm trying to figure those things out and find out why and better ways to do things. Um, you know, so in trying to be a change agent for the industry, it's really trying to understand why we do things the way we do and how we can do them better and then taking the data that we already have or understanding how we can use data to operate better to improve our return on investment for ourselves individually as pros for our our clubs our academies our businesses so that's always a fun one to get into yes definitely and and then um and then after that uh talking about leadership and management training and and why those things are so important i think that's a you know an often overlooked thing in the industry the ptr have done a good job launching their mentoring campaign and mm-hmm. the uspta i know have just launched their leadership academy so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm optimistic about some of the changes these are good signs um that are happening but um you know i've got i've got an opinion on how those things should happen and that'll be part of the conversation and lastly customer service you know at the end of the day uh I think tennis coaches can can be too cash driven. They don't understand that you make your money based on your reputation of your product, and <laughs> right. and and that's how you want to. If you know, if you want your weekends off, you want to put more money in savings. You want to grow. You want to own something. That's really the way to be successful. So, 
basically in summation, it's focusing on these six steps um, and uh, bring them to life, you know, bring them to life for the audience. And uh, as you know, you've heard me speak, you know, I, I get up there and I'm passionate about it. So we'll, yes. uh, we'll have a, we'll have a good time. And I really, I mean, yeah, I really appreciate any opportunity to get the message out. Yes, definitely. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you are going to make the trip down to Birmingham. Um, so I, I love, I love the six steps. I love how you've um, sort of organized it in this sort of outline form here. And, and, I, you know, starting with the very first thing, branding, I think that's so important because I think that, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we just sort of get out there. I mean, it's like you said, when you posed the question of why do we teach a one hour tennis lesson? Yeah. It's like when people just get out there and do what's always been done and you just do it, you don't even know why you're doing it. I think when you sit down and go branding, well, what do you mean branding? I think that's a great place to start because it, it does make a difference. I mean, are you at a country club? Are you at a public park? Are you working with a school? Or, yeah. I mean, what, are, what you know, so I, I think that starting there and kind of finding your voice and, and you know, searching out the, the audience that's going to be most appropriate for your brand Um you know, you, you are the expert at this, not me, but, but, you know, I love that you start there because I, I think well, that everybody has to kind of figure out what am I doing and why? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Jenny, let me say this because, you know, one of the things I've had to redefine some of the stuff I talk about is, you know, I, and I have to come back to it. I'm a coach. I started out just like anybody else in this industry. I, I started teaching tennis for $9 an hour in 2006. <laughs> I, I have literally seen it all. But I've always been somebody that has always asked the question, why mm -hmm. are we doing it this way? Mm -hmm. And I haven't been afraid to change. Mm -hmm. and, and the point is, is that when you have, you know, it's easy for me to get up there as, you know, someone that people will say, oh, he speaks a lot. Oh, he has a company and this and that. The point is, is this. Everything I talk about is not learned from the tennis industry. And everything I talk about is transferable skills, whether you are working as an individual pro on an independent contractor at a country club and a racket club, working for an organization, working in any single business anywhere in the world. These are skills that successful companies, successful individuals learn because they're necessary. And the tennis industry has not done a great job historically teaching and mandating these things. So that's something that I'm really uh, seem to have a voice and a platform to do. And I'm happy to, Happy to take that on. Yeah, well, I'm so glad that you that you are because it, I think it's so needed. I mean, I think that, you know, and you and I have had many conversations about this, but I, I feel like, you know, the industry we're coming to and have been for a while, at, maybe crossroads is too harsh of a word, but, but you know, things are changing, you know, and, and we've got to keep up and be more progressive. And, and like you said, uh, you know, the WTCA is a breath of fresh air. It's so innovative and um, you know, all the things that Sarah and her team are doing, it, 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 it's, it's fantastic. And so, you know, I love that what you're doing, you're also monitoring these trends and have been for a long time. And so the information you're bringing is really completely different. It's not the same old, you know, stuff that we've heard over and over and over, which doesn't mean that those things aren't good information from great pros, but what you're bringing is, is new. Well, thank you. And Jenny, in this, in this environment, in social media, with YouTube, with um, whether it's uh, channels on a database through a teaching organization, every single presenter should be bringing something new. It's plain and simple. 
any information um, that, that I've spoke about in the past is public information. I put it out there. You can find it in various different channels. And, and we need to get as a collective organization and people in the industry to demand that there is fresh content. But that comes with a caveat. And I talked about this, uh, I forget whether it was on another podcast or just somewhere, but if you are a member of be it the USTA, the USPTA, the PTR, ITF, WTCA, whatever it may be, you have got to let them know, just like when you call your congressman when you have a problem, you have got to let them know what is going on, what are the issues, what are the problems, what is it you want to hear, what is it that you need in your business? Because ultimately, they are there to provide for you. And that's where a lot of coaches, I think, don't do that and take advantage of that. And they can get disenchanted, which means that they don't pay their dues. They don't stay in the mix with these organizations. We don't share as many ideas. And that's a problem. Yes. So I urge anyone listening, if you have an issue going on, if you have and you're a member of one of these organizations, reach out and ask them for help. Where can I find this information? Who can I speak to? Is this going to be covered at the upcoming conference or whatever it may be? Um, this is what people need to do. You know, it's about accountability. When I go and teach a tennis lesson, if I don't do a good job, my client does not come back, I lose credibility and I have not been accountable for the money that they have paid. It's the same thing. It's, it's, um, it's like Sarah said, it's, 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 it's a community that they've, that, you know, a community and a pretty good open dialogue that they've caused. And but in, in today's day and age with Facebook and, um, you know, Instagram and Twitter and everything else, coaches need to talk. They need to speak. They need to be willing to ask for help. They need to be willing to give help. And um, especially on those things that are intangible beyond the, the aspects of hitting a forehand or a backhand. Um, you've heard me say this before, you know, I think I'm a pretty good coach, but I'm not the best coach out there. I'm always trying to get better. And there are better people out there that can teach me how to hit a forehand and a backhand. And I will listen to them till the cows come home, as we say in England. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it's there, you know, you touched on it and Sarah did. And I say it all the time is we teach the greatest sport in the world. We teach and play the greatest sport in the world, but we do not work within the greatest industry in the world. And that's where we need to we need to improve that. And that's not just coaches, that's junior players, that's parents, and everybody has that same experience where collectively we all have to improve the standards that happens. And, um, you know, with USTA accreditation, obviously on everybody's mind and so on and so forth, and some of the initiatives, the PTR and USPTA, and then you throw WTCA in the mix and things like that. And I know there are some other people and entities out there that are trying to shake it up is that ultimately we all win if we all vocalize what our issues are in a respectful manner, in a productive manner, if we work better together, if as coaches we reach across the aisle and help other coaches, uh, and if we also lend our expertise to learning environments as well. You know, I, that is I, I, that is so well said, Tim. Thank you for that. And, you know, I, I think that we can we can say that, you know, all the great things that Sarah's doing and all the great things that you're, you're um, you know, bringing up that you've been doing for a while. You know, I just got back from Atlanta last weekend at the um, ITPA World Tennis Fitness Conference that Mark and Mary Jo uh, Kovacs 
um, have put on for the last few years. And, you know, when he first started, when they, sorry, when they first started um, the ITPA, you know, there wasn't really anything fitness focused. There wasn't really anything addressing that. And he kind of tells his story of, you know, he, he actually played tennis, uh, college tennis at Auburn University in Alabama, even though he's originally from Australia. And um, that's where he met Mary Jo. Uh, um, but, uh, <laughs> but the point is that he, he, he got injured himself, and then that led him to study and want to learn more about injury and injury prevention and rehabilitation and recovery. And now there's this international organization that there's a World Tennis Fitness Conference and there's the Kovacs Institute and there's all these people that there's an education pathway that can go from tennis performance trainer to certified tennis performance specialist to master tennis performance specialist and you have some of these great minds in the industry all coming together and going why are our players getting hurt or what what does overtraining look like how do we train a 10 year old girl you know what do we do for a college athlete what does it mean to be a pro you know like as far as the training goes and so so I think that you know when we look at saying something like Fitness has been something that has been pretty revolutionary in the last few years. And then we look at what Sarah's doing, go addressing another issue. So if, if injuries, you know, were an issue and somebody steps up and goes, we've got to address this and figure out what to do. You know, and then we say, what's what's the deal with, you know, there's not that many female coaches. There, why, are, why are girls dropping out of sport? And so you have somebody like Sarah going, all right, we've got to figure out what to do. I mean, I'm so glad that we have these people who are willing to go out and, and take a risk and go, we, we, we got to give this, we've got to learn everything we can and we've got to try to inspire other people and get people on board. Um, it's important. Like you said, I mean, we've got to be progressive. We've got to pay attention to trends, um, you know, and, and like, like, so your point number two is networking. <laughs> my, uh, my best friend is in the, um, <laughs> hospital administration industry and uh she used to tell me all the time if you're not networking you're not working yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> you know i mean so it's it's through you know through through networking that i i got to know you and got to know sarah and got to know mark and mary joe and you know i mean i can trace back you know like seven degrees of kevin bacon how i've met the people that i've met <laughs> yeah no i mean look i mean Again, well said, and um, just two things that stood out to me. You know, <clears throat> you talked about, you know, um, firstly, Kovacs is a genius. We know that, so I'm not, <laughs> yes. not going to give him any credit. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, rib, I'll rib him instead. Um, <laughs> he, makes fun of me, he makes fun of me for wearing a suit when I present, so. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you need, look. This is, this is the reality of where we are as an industry. You talked about it being that there are people that are being progressive. You mentioned Mark. You mentioned Sarah. You were kind enough to mention myself. There are, there are a lot of people out there that I think are beginning to step up. I don't refer to it as progressive. I look at the tennis industry right now, and I'm telling you all there's a storm coming. Mm -hmm. and, that is, and that is the attitude that I have and a lot of people that you know, I know have the capacity to do so feel. And, you know, it's, it's, it's about wanting what's best for tennis. It's about wanting what's best for 
our clients. It's about being selfish and wanting what's best for ourselves and our careers and our health and our emotional and physical capabilities and, and financial capabilities in order to have a successful career in tennis. Um, it's about giving back. It's about philanthropy. It's about yes. creating an industry that is literally revered. And that's something that, you know, I'm very fortunate in my position where, you know, um, you know, I can, I can devote some time to this stuff and to put in some, inf uh, some content and some research. But again, let's talk about some of these people that speak. Um, you know, I go back and watch my presentations for hours and hours, and I'm, I am my own harshest critic. Sure. I rip stuff to shreds, I rebuild it, because I'm so privileged, and I'm aware of that privilege, that there are people that are paying and coming and relying on you to deliver something that they don't know. And that is something that I do not take lightly. And I think we're beginning to see a wave of younger speakers and speakers that aren't, weren't typically always in the direct tennis industry mm. that, that, that that message resonates. And I think we've also got, it's a very inclusive group. It's not about, you know, oh, this person's untouchable because they're up there speaking. I want to know everybody. I only learn from, I mean, you see my post in Tennis House. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a man of the people here. I started teaching tennis for $9 an hour. I know very well that I have a duty to improve other coaches, but I also understand that if I want to continue to grow, I have to learn from other coaches. And I need to understand the experiences and we have to find solutions and cures to some of the problems that exist. And in a country like the United States, there are absolutely, uh, absolutely ones that are similar from state to state and city to city, but there are also huge things that are regionalized with regards to uh, everything from weather to how much people can charge to... Um, uh, you know, legalese and starting business. I mean, the whole lot. So mm. the only way that that changes is through information and the correct information and people that have lived it and that have breathed it, willing to share that information in an unselfish, unbiased, um, egotistic, uh, so non-ego way. And, yes. and uh, you know, I wouldn't still be doing this. I wouldn't be, you know, sort of you know going around the country and in fact the world this year to um you know if i didn't if i didn't believe in it and if i didn't think and feel that there was truly um you know like i said a storm coming there's uh there's there's some really good people out there and their voices are beginning to get heard better and I, that's, I, that's exciting it is exciting it is very exciting and um Exciting for you. Your your second book is coming out in New York yeah. at the end of this month. Yeah, it will make its debut. And well. one of the things, I mean, congratulations, of course. But one of the things that that goes back to what you were just saying is is this idea of sharing knowledge. And yeah. and um, I, I think I, I don't know if this is just uh, around my area or areas where I've, I've been, but. But I feel like for, for way too long, people have sort of um, been a little bit closed um, because, you know, the, the idea of stealing information or, or whatever that is. Um, I love the fact that now we have, you know, books like yours and Jeremy's um, coming out talking about coaching, coming out talking about the junior journey, you know, com coming out and, and sharing knowledge. And, you know, we're all for these conferences and 
um, you know, that technology allows us to share a video, it, you know, on, on Facebook or whatever it may be, Instagram, whatever. But, and instead of trying to keep your players or your, your parents or your whoever all kind of cloistered, that now it's like, no, we, we want to share. We want to learn from each other. I want you to, you know, critique me and I'm, I'm going to be open to it. And maybe we can have a healthy, respectful debate. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I think this is a move in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more, you know, um, it's, it, it, in my opinion, the way a tennis industry operates um, beyond the court, there really isn't anything proprietary. And I'll tell you why. Because the industry in that regard is not growing at the rate that we need it to. In fact, it's actually shrinking. Mm -hmm. So we have to learn from other industries, other companies, other people outside the industry in order to keep clubs open, build clubs, change the way we do things. So first and foremost, nothing I talk about is proprietary at all. <laughs> it's, it's done from the fact that I want to have a successful career in the tennis industry. Right. So I've, I've sought out the information and, and, and I have no problem uh, sharing it. And there is a little bit of that, maybe a lot. I think it's more so maybe on some of the coaching side about some of the nuances on how you coach somebody or something people are afraid mm. to share. Mm. And, I, and you know what? I can understand that a little bit more. Um, but it really depends on the person. I mean, when it comes to information on how to run your business successfully, if you're good, you shouldn't, it shouldn't matter who you tell, Right. you know, exactly. you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not building, you're not building an iPhone here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, some coaches think, you know, and GMs and directors of tennis, but, but, but I, but I don't think it, I think the industry is just not people down. I think people are just. They don't have the enthusiasm to go out and share. I don't think they're trying to intentionally do it. I just don't think they have the enthusiasm or the energy. And that's why you need some good people out there to spark that and to spark that curiosity. That's why I love posting in Tennis House because if you, you know, don't get me wrong. Some of my posts, you know, I post some questions and some, some fall on deaf ears. And you know what? That's on me. That's, again, me being a critique. I have to look and say, you know, why did that not catch? Do I need to reword it? Do I need to rephrase it? Mm. Um, but that's just me. But those ones that do, I mean, what a great source of information that gets yes. posted. Yes. You know, um, just the, you know, the truths and, and, and the opinions. And there really is a great respect for, for you know, in, in most of the groups that I've seen, you know, for everyone's opinions and, 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 and asking of each other and, just the more we do that, you know, I mean, that's one of the benefits, obviously, of social media these days. But, um, you know, Jenny, we we have a lot of work to do. I like to tell people I'm 35. I may look 45, but I'm not. I've I've got time to spare now. So, it, you know, if if um, and, I, and I and I and I do truly, uh, truly plan on, on having an impact on how coaches careers, their lives, the the ability to own academies, clubs, businesses, to have better pathways, to not have to ruin their bodies and lose relationships or emotional burnout, whatever it may be through a course of history. Uh, sorry, a course of their career history. So, you know, all of that said, Sarah's just given me a nod. I've got to go. So, All right. No, yeah. She, yeah, she's the boss here. So, <laughs> listen, 
we, well, uh, I, I certainly appreciate uh, your taking the time and Sarah as well, of course. Um, and we will talk soon. We will talk soon. But thank you so much. And I think that's actually a pretty appropriate uh, way to sign off on this one. Thank you so much, Tim. <laughs> Jenny, I appreciate it. And I know Sarah does too. And uh, we'll see you. I'll see you next week. But we'll yeah. also see you up in New York. Okay. All right. Sounds great. Hey, thanks so much. Th thanks for all you do. Take care. All right. All right. Bye.